Hi, it's Precious Pioneer, and thank you everyone for tuning in to the Precious Pioneer audio experience. I hope that this episode gives you a new perspective and will inspire you to go out and be great. All the best. Let's chat. So yeah, my name is Brendan Korsami. I'm the founder of Master Talk, which is a YouTube channel. I started to help the world master the art of communication and public speaking, and I'm based in Montreal, Canada, which is a couple of hours off of New York City, just to give people an idea of where that is. And I guess how I started was when I was in university, I used to do these things called case competitions. So mm-hmm. think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. So other <laughs> guys, yeah, it's kind of a good way to explain it. You know, other guys my age were playing basketball or soccer or baseball things i really had zero interest in but i applied that same competitive spirit into presentations so for three okay. years i presented hundreds of times coached dozens of university students on communication and then when i started working at my corporate job i just asked myself a simple question how to make a difference in the world and that's when the mm-hmm. idea for master talk came to be because i noticed a lot of the communication info was really bad so i started making videos in my mother's basement one thing led to another and here we are today No, that's so awesome. So I have a couple of questions. Why did you fall into communication like that program that you originally got into? What intrigued you about joining that program? Yeah, I'm happy to give more context there. So so a way for you to think about this is in the same way that somebody who goes to a Division I university in the States or anywhere, really, and with the hopes of getting drafted to a professional sports team, mm-hmm. the, the same analogy is sort of true with case competitions. Most people who do these competitions do it to get the top jobs in the corporate world. So jobs yeah. like investment banking, if you ever watched the movie Wolf of Wall Street, though that's kind of an exaggeration what actually happens. But, you yeah. know, that or management consulting, those are the kind of different tracks that lead you to be an executive of a company in your 30s. So when I went mm-hmm. to business school, I only had one thing on my mind, which was to get out of poverty because my parents were minimum wage workers. Mm -hmm. So I said, what's kind of the solution for me? And that's when I found out about all these companies and these competitions. And I said, oh, my God, like, this is it. Like, if Mm -hmm. I if I win these things, because a lot of these companies, what they do is that's how the case works is they Mm -hmm. give you a business problem. Let's say Walmart was a case sponsor a couple of years ago and they go, hey, precious, I need you to help us manage our inventory better in Walmart stores. How should we go about this? And then as Mm -hmm. a team, we figure out a solution. But the guy who's giving the case is not a store manager at Walmart. It's the senior vice president of Walmart. So oh, okay. Right. So you're sitting there as like a 21-year-old. And then you're like, uh, so I have to present to this guy and tell him how to run his business. Mm-hmm. Anyways, long story short, it was it's a pretty crazy environment. Not many people get in the program. I was fortunate to be a part of it. And, mm-hmm. and the idea is that's where I learned my communication skills. And that's and I and I kind of kind of transitioned really quickly from this thing to get a job to just an obsession. I was just presenting or coaching people almost every day. That is so awesome. I'm like really, really intrigued because we actually have a couple of um, programs similar to the one that you're describing here in the States. Um, One of them is FBLA, like Future Business Leaders of America and other business programs. And, And you start off in high school. And you go to these different competitions, whether that be competition, marketing, public speaking. Um, there's like a whole bunch of, you know, business requirements, spreadsheets. I don't know, something like that. And you're right. It is kind of like nerdy, but it's also like empowering because these are real life skills that you can apply to your day to day life. And so I wanted to ask you a little bit more about communication. You said that you uh, became more obsessed with it. Why do you 
think that communication plays such a vital role in the business world and why are we struggling on that aspect? Like, why don't we have better programming and learning tools and what are you doing now to fill that need? You said it was your purpose. So how do you think you're filling that need? Yeah, absolutely. Let's kind of uh, unpackage that. So the the first part of that is this idea that communication is everything, right? A lot Mm -hmm. of people tend to think that communication is presentations in a classroom or in a mm-hmm. boardroom. That's not actually true. It's it's rather every interaction that you have in your life. It's the tough conversations you have with the family member. It's the way that you pick up delivery when somebody comes over and gives you food. It's mm-hmm. the walks around the park. It's the way that you interact with children. It's every single interaction that you have. So once we realize that communication, getting better at it, improves the quality of your life, and not just the quality of your presentations, that's when we start to see the bigger picture of what presentations and public speaking can actually be. So that's the mm-hmm. first part of it. The second part of it is this idea of why do we struggle so much with communication? And the reason we struggle so much is actually very simple. Almost 100% of all the presentations we've given, if you really think about it, are mandatory, Precious. Mm-hmm. We don't wake up one morning and go, Hey, Precious, you want to get breakfast and present all day? I don't think anyone says that. I'm probably one in four people in the country <laughs> who says that, right, if mm-hmm. I'm being honest. So that's the thing. If, if all of the presentations you give are mandatory, and let's d- dig into this a bit more, three things tend to happen in that education system. This is true whether you live in the United States or really any other country around the world, is you're always presenting to topics you never get to pick. And if you get to pick them, it's generally something you're not passionate about. Number two, students don't care to listen to you, not because they don't care about you. I'm sure you're a great person. The issue is that they got to talk about Egypt in 10 minutes. They don't have time to listen to you. Right? So mm-hmm. they're worried about their own presentation. And then teachers who are very well-intentioned, very well-educated, are also very stressed, right? Mm-hmm. When you have 50 students in a classroom and you got to speak to all of them and you don't really have time to coach all of them because they're all presenting, you don't have time to review everything. And this behavior gets repeated in every subject. Math, science, English, French, languages, music, on and on and on and on. We're taught to believe that public mm-hmm. speaking is a chore, right? Mm -hmm. If you're in school, Mm -hmm. it's tied to a grade. And if you're at work, it's tied to a result. So yeah, that's why we struggle so much with it. I I love that. To unpack what you were talking about, how communication is everything. I think I'm so interested in our conversation is because I truly believe the same same thing. And for me and my industry, um, it's the food industry. And there's a lot of um, bureaucracy and a lot of misinformation and all these things surrounding sort of that thing. And I find that because communication and education kind of falls into the pe- everybody within the industry, I find that having honest conversations with everyone kind of opens up the truth and reveals both the positive things and the problems that are found, you know, just by having that conversation. And I think you're completely right when it comes to how we're giving presentations. I feel like when you communicate, there's a certain, it's like building a connection through the way that we speak or our mannerisms and all these different things. Like there's people who speak really well with their hands and all these different aspects. And I find that I think the reason why I really love uncovering stories and talking to people is because it kind of reveals their passion behind what they're talking about. And when you give presentations as an assignment or all these other variables that, you know, you didn't really control and it's kind of more like reading off. There's no authenticity to it. There's no, I feel like with communication, you have to put yourself 
in the position to like to share it well. And I think a good example of this is how TED Talks are really doing well, you know, and people really connect with them because only professionals or people who are really passionate about what they have to say have a few minutes to talk about their issues or what they want to talk about. And I think there's always like that spark between what they're talking about. And that's why TED Talks are really popular. I think that's what I get from that. Do you get the same sort of thing? Yeah, absolutely. I think the idea with TED that I think is super simple yet so powerful is this idea of summarize your life's work in 18 minutes. So Mm -hmm. when you do, when you're forced into that type of situation, I mean, like this very podcast, we don't do this for an hour. It forces us as people on a show or on a on a TED stage to clearly articulate why other people should care about their ideas. And I think it's that ability from some of the best TED speakers in the world that really inspires us because we only watch the best stuff. And then from that, we make a decision on whether or not those ideas matter. And they generally do. Yeah, exactly. It's um, a condensed version of like a bigger picture. Absolutely. What would you say throughout everything you've learned and you transitioning into being a person who really cares about communication and helping people, what would you say that you have learned in your industry and what advice would you give to other people who are interested in um, either learning how to improve their communication skills or want to do and walk in the same path that you're on? Yeah, for sure. I think the way that I would see it is the biggest lesson I got is that I'm not actually the teacher, I'm the student, right? In the sense that you know, I thought I was supposed to be this big teacher that teaches people about communication. That's not true. I think I think my role in this world is to be more of a facilitator, a bridge between people's ideas and their willingness and cur- and having the courage to share. And if I can be that foundation for people, I think the world would just be a better place. So I think the advice I would give for people who want to do what I do, whether it's as a profession or as you know, someone who wants to get better in communication in general, I would say the advice remains the same. And that advice is to have more empathy around the people around you. Like I always say that whenever you start a YouTube channel or a podcast or really any project, whether it's a recipe or a cupcake you're starting to make, Mm -hmm. you always want to focus on the first 10 people that you know would love what you're making. That's why I'm a big proponent of having dinner with the people that you seek to change. Because by having those long conversations with them in person, you can really gather insights that nobody else in your industry has gathered. In the same way with me, Precious, when I talk with seven-year-olds or 14-year-olds, I get a good understanding of how the education system has kind of molded their communication skills in a bad way. So I can can fight against that by making really interesting videos. At least I hope I'm doing (laughs) that. So, So that's the plan. This is kind of like a sidebar, but but still relevant. How do you think stage fright and other things play a role into the way that we communicate and the fear that comes with speaking our mind? Yeah, absolutely. The, the first part I, I would say is it's normal that we're scared of communication, right? It's not some bizarre thing. And the reason most of us are is, is quite simple, actually. It's the fact that, well, our brains are wired for survival, not happiness, right? You know, mm-hmm. we think about this idea that the best way to survive is actually to cooperate, right? To listen to what other people expect us to do, to to tell, to listen to what those people want from us. And it's from that that leads to other things. So in the case of stage fright, well, if other people tell us we're not good speakers, that we shouldn't share our voice, that that criticize us, all it takes is for one person to criticize is that to, to make us feel like, oh, I guess our ideas don't matter. I guess we shouldn't do this. So I, so I totally get where that stage fright comes from. The thing that I will share on how to remove it is this idea that the fear will never really go away. But as long as your message matters more than the fear, the fear will always lose. So a good analogy mm-hmm. I like to use is let's say your fear and your message were in a boxing match together. Well, 
Fear is always going to be in the ring, but as long as your message gets the knockout punch every single time, you'll always be successful. And a good example I like to use for these for these types of questions is Brene Brown. Brene Brown's an expert on vulnerability, but what's interesting about her, despite her numerous successes in TED and her life in general, uh, she hates public speaking. She's very open about it, especially when she started. She was a PhD in social work. She never really wanted to be on a stage. So why did she do it anyways? She did it because she she understood that most people weren't going to read her research papers, weren't going to look at her data, and weren't going to read her books because most people in the world don't read books. So that's why Mm -hmm. she had a choice. And the choice was, do I just leave all my information in my comfort zone, which is my book, or do I pop up the nerve to present a free TED 15-minute video so that the world can learn from her anyways? That's what she chose to do. And I hope we all make that decision to do the same in our lives. Yeah, exactly. To step out of our comfort zone to share an important message, even if it is rooted in fear sometimes, I think could be really beneficial. Or at least um, without it, I don't think... half as many people would have shared their brilliant ideas today. Um, so that's that's an important message. Brendan, what do you hope to contribute to the world, um, whether that be with your YouTube videos or the end goal? What does that look like for you? Yeah, for, for me, a good way of summarizing the thoughts here is this idea that Dale Carnegie was brought, born in the wrong time period of history, right? In the sense that Dale has done a lot of incredible work on public speaking, but the unfortunate reality of his work is because he was not born in an era like this one where you could guest on a podcast or you could have your own YouTube channel to share your thoughts. He didn't have access to the tools and technologies necessary to teach public speaking in the best possible way, which is watching somebody else do it. So I have this mm-hmm. weird, unique opportunity, Precious, where I just so happen to be one of the youngest speech coaches in the world. So I just said, what do I want my contribution to be? And the contribution is to live in a world where everyone has the courage to share their ideas. Because if we all realized that our ideas mattered, we'd all realize that we mattered too. So, so for me, the game is simple, is, is die with the, the intention that after I'm gone, people can still learn from me forever. I love that. That's really, that's really deep. I, I completely understand where you're coming from because, I mean, this is a philosopher, but the first person that I thought to mind when you said that was Socrates, and he was ahead of his time, but because he didn't really have access to a lot of people and it was like questioning the norm. That's why he unfortunately died. But looking back, a lot of what he said rings rings true today. So it's just very interesting. But I hope all the power to you. I think that's what you're doing is really great. Do you have any final words of advice or final words in general for your listeners? Where can they find you? Yeah, absolutely. So if you, for those of you who want to get in touch, uh, master talk in one word is the best way on YouTube. You just type that up, you'll find me. But for life advice, mm-hmm. the quote I can leave you with, Precious, is the following. Especially for those of you who made it 16 minutes into this conversation <laughs> are still listening to me for some reason. And the advice is, be insane or be the same. You want to be like everyone else. That's totally fine. But if you want to do great things with your life, the only path forward is to master the art of insanity. Don't you find it odd, Precious, that a 22-year-old kid started a YouTube channel, not on pranks or vlogs or other weird things that most people do their age on YouTube, but rather executive communication tips on how to master public speaking, then went on to coach senior executives of companies who are double his age at the age of 23, but also 
is talking to you on the mattress he sleeps on, lives in his mother's basement, doesn't plan on moving out of his mother's basement for at least a decade, doesn't own a car, karaoke's in eight different languages, loves clubbing, and loves Justin Bieber. How do any of these decisions make any sense at all? And that, Precious, is the point. When all of the decisions in your life make sense to the only person that matters, which is you, you'll probably be incredibly successful in your life. <laughs> I That's great. I kind of just want to leave it there. I have a lot to say about that. But honestly, yeah, I I know exactly where you're coming from. And I love it. Thank you so much for being a guest on the show. I'm sure the listeners got so much insight and hopefully gives them the courage to go out and communicate or at least dare to be a little bit insane. Of course, Precious. Thanks for having me. Of course.